You're listening to The Extra Real with Jerry Brown and Colin Ryan for a look at the bigger picture of film. With films from around the world. Through the decades. From movies you know and love. To movies you need to discover. This week on the show, we're talking about a film that's really been hiding in plain sight. It's one of those films where you knew about it. It's a film that was Oscar nominated in 2015, uh, but neither of us had seen it. And I think anyone that watches a lot of films, you're always aware of things that you're aware of more films than you've actually seen, which is the tough side of it. And this week we're talking about Wild Tales. Yeah, Wild Tales from 2014. Argentinian film directed by uh, Damien Zifron. Okay, so like Argentinian cinema is not something I've seen loads of. In fact, I suppose the way things have gone in the last few years with South American cinema, we've probably seen more films from Chile and Brazil and and Mexico. Yeah, I'd say I'd say kind of yeah, Argentinian cinema. It's not really as well traveled as other South American countries. You've got. Brazil, obviously, you'd have had uh, Fernando Moraes from City of God and directed Concert Gardener. Jose Padilla, who directed Bus 174 and Elite Squad. And I guess more recently, uh, from Chile, you'd have had uh, Pablo Lorraine, for, who did No, and Jackie recently. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's other countries seem to have been like, you seem to be more aware of them, I guess. Yeah, which is strange because just looking at Argentina, it has an established film uh scene it's got like it's got prominent film schools um it's got decent state subsidies uh now what an awful lot of the filmmakers would say is that there are issues with some of those and that they will kind of use that a lot of the filmmakers just get tired of the red tape and the bureaucracy and they go off and make their own films and we've seen that here with ireland where people get sick of queuing up for things like screen ireland stuff and they go off and look for other uh ways of making their films but what what has emerged from what i've been reading is that um uh, you know guys could be working on two or three of their own films but actually they might be working on a state-funded film as well which is basically keeping the other ones afloat and um so that's important and i know Viggo martinson came out a couple of years ago when the the government were going to slash film funding and of course Vigo, good old Vigo, mm-hmm. um uh was I think he he was he was raised there, spent an awful lot of his time there, and uh, and so he was quite you know strong in his wording of it as well, and uh, so it like it has an established film scene is basically what we're saying, and it's strange that I haven't seen more. No, completely. Like for me personally. Um I remember seeing Secret, of, Secret in Their Eyes from like 2009 and it, in the year after I saw Carancho, but that in 2010. But other than that, recently, no, I haven't been aware of much Argentinian cinema. Yeah. Um, but this actually is the most successful Argentinian made film in Argentina. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, the director, Damien Zifferon. So Damien Zifferon, um, yeah, he basically, he seems to be quite a successful guy. Um He'd had, he also directed um, this TV show uh, back in the mid-2000s called uh, Los Simuladores, and that is the most successful TV show in Argentina. So he, he seems to know what makes a hit, I guess. Um, 
he seems to be a producer and a director um famously for this film he wrote a lot of these stories in the bat that in the bathtub right in the bathtub he'd he'd had um, a period of like producing and directing a lot he felt very burnt out and he just said look for a while i'm just gonna write he had that luxury and he apparently wrote like 15 20 stories because he's always he's he's always, always trying to get scripts made or had ideas and then he boiled it down to the six that we see in this film cool and i suppose what's so just give us an overview just a really broad overview of what the film is actually about okay so it's an anthology film it's six stories they're all kind of linked by revenge or vengeance in some way um the first story pasternak is about the passengers on a plane realize they all know a man called gabriel pasternak who has taken the plane hostage the second story las ratas or the rats uh, is about a waitress seeking revenge on her only customer a lone shark who had ruined her family. Um, the third, Elmas Forte, the strongest, is uh, a businessman insults another while overtaking him on a quite wrenchy road, only to meet him again when he gets flat tire. The fourth, uh, Bombita, is about a bomb disposal expert seeking revenge on a towing company who constantly tow his car away. Uh, the fifth, uh, La Propuesta, or the deal, a wealthy man tries to get his gardener to take the fall for a crime his son committed. And the final story, Hasta que la muerte nos separe, till death do us part, is about a newly married couple's wedding descending into disaster when the bride finds out about the groom's affair. Yeah, and like what I like about the the anthology format, like, and what's what what's one of the strengths of the film actually is, you know, they play like short films. Yes. And sometimes, if you see five or six short films back to back, it can be exhausting. And rarely have I seen five or six short films so good back to back um and overall like so for me one of the, the big things is that it conforms to formulas that i use for for kind of vetting or reviewing short films so like you know if there are four emotional hooks then you can use this for features as well but like um uh, things like information bonding with the main character creation of conflict and a resolution like that's a kind of a a, a nice package that i like to see on any good short and in all of them they all conform to it in some way shape or form like we know quite quickly in each scenario what's going on um yeah. they all have a resolution um which in most cases is quite funny and uh and then slotting them all together like uh, uh, how did i find it i think the the, the most uh, uh on a whole like I really liked it as a as a, as a viewing experience. Like it's very mainstream. Like we listed some other films earlier on when we were talking about the um, the Oscar nominees that it was paired up against. It's a very mainstream film. It's super accessible. It's very funny in places, and uh, I think for me five out of the six really work really well. The fifth one kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, but it works in the context of the six. With the follow up, the final one kind of just counterpoints it. So. Yeah. Um, it's a good selection of films no it definitely is and I mean there have been a lot of anthology films you know obviously recently had the Ballad of Buster Scruggs there was VHS there was the New York I Love You Parish of Tem uh, Sin City Coffee and Cigarettes but rarely if you have like five or six uh, kind of films together like this are all of them as strong yeah 
you you can be watching one and be be like oh do i have to sit for 15 minutes of this to get something better i think that was a real uh problem with the um parish of tem in new york i love you kind of shorts and that obviously it was different directors and different outlooks and stuff like that but some were a lot stronger than big others. time um, big time you know and like we've seen it with even some of the earlier you know you know, it's a big thing in the 60s as well those kind of portmanteau things and uh you know Boccaccio 70 and spirits of the dead and yeah sometimes you're stuck waiting for the next one um i think the thing with things like parisia tam and new york i love you is that yeah they were short enough but there was a, there were so many of them and it became an exhaustive experience i know when i go back to parisia tam I just skim through some. I mean, like I just find the ones that I want to watch. It, I think it. I think I've watched it once fully through a second time, um, since I saw it in the cinema. So, um, this one holds up, doesn't it? It really does. And I, I almost was uh, when I was watching it. I kind of felt it almost had kind of similarities to like modern TV shows, like say the end of the fucking world, or almost like Black Mirror, and that you've got this episodic feel to it. Um, yeah. And there's a constant kind of the pace is really good in this. Like it just keeps going and going each each kind of short. You know it has to find a resolution somewhere. Yeah. But it's gonna get there so much faster. And it's probably no surprise that um Pedro Motivar was uh one of the producers for this because it has kind of that there's a bit of a Motivar feel to someone, especially the last one, I think. Yes. Yeah, especially the last one. And the first one as well has kind of vibes of i'm so excited and stuff like that and it has one of his yeah. actors uh from uh talk to her in it and yeah so which ones did you like the most um i really enjoyed i loved last last rat is actually the one the one about the the waitress uh putting yeah. um rat poison into the the lone shark's food i really enjoyed that because i loved i thought it was beautiful looking i loved the kind of setting i love those kind of grungy diners it's raining in the evening all those neon lights and stuff like that and i i love the character of the cook how like she was just so nonchalant she was like ah jail was better than being a being a cook so if you want to poison this guy we can um yeah. also and and yeah i think the the final one uh because i loved uh it was eric reva's uh, performance as bride romina it's just amazing it's such high melodrama uh and yeah i loved how they they shot those wedding scenes like the early the early kind of dances are amazing like they're absolutely outstanding i love that there's a shot coming out of a trombone where the band plays yeah. it's just beautiful i really yeah. like pasternak i just thought it was hilarious it's so audacious and yeah. uh bombita it's just great crack like what a great punchline yeah. yeah exactly and you could i when i watched bombita i almost had a feeling that I knew what was going to happen. Like I was like, he's definitely going to just bomb this towing company, but seeing how it happened and how he was going about, it was great. And it's also got, um, Ricardo Doreen is the, is the main character. And he's like, he's like kind of the Argentine Harrison Ford, I guess. He's just a super solid actor. He's an, he can play anything. He's in all the big hits and everything. So it's really cool to watch him always. Yeah. I mean, like it has a savage end to it, but then it, it, the, the results of the, like it, the coda to that one is actually quite sweet as well. Like it's, it's um, it does a, it 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 does interesting things with like even though it has that revenge thing, it's not it. And even though the film is audacious, it it does it's not off putting. Like it still feels like something that would maintain the inter- interest of a very mainstream audience. No, for so, sure, for sure. 
so I think we have a lot of good things to say about this film overall yeah and it's kind of a shame in a way that uh, Zifron hasn't really gone to make anything after this I know he was attached to the um, the the six billion dollar man uh, which is meant to star Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson but after like three years I think creative differences he left the project right um, so maybe I don't know is that a good or a bad thing I think you know, it's interesting that Wahlberg it. seems to have like he's like a magpie for like picking up because he did contraband and you know and yeah. do picking up things where he's looking at you know foreign directors he's not stuck in the, he, the Hollywood thing you know oh, uh, he's uh, he's a clever little magpie <laughs> he is a clever little magpie I guess um, but maybe it was a good thing because you, you do see it happen a lot don't you where this director makes a film it makes a big splash on the world stage and then he's invited to America and suddenly the machine takes over and he, the director kind of loses any, any stamp on it. Like, like talking about someone like Jose Badia, who did Elite Squad, and then he went and did the remake of Robocop, which completely flopped, you know. But it wasn't actually all that bad, actually. I didn't mind that film. Did you not? I haven't seen it, actually. It's, it's not so that bad. It's not that brilliant, but it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's nowhere near as good, as good as the original Robocop, but it's not. It's a million times. I'd sooner watch it than Robocop 3, anyway. And yeah, possibly Robocop yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, which um, like of course, then you had the one I, I quite enjoyed as well, the one Almas Forte with the two guys driving on the country road, and I love that as just a short. Like that would be a short that you know you well obviously you need a bigger budget with cars and stuff like that, but that that kind of just simple like one guy passes another guy on the road, flips him off, yeah, you know. And then realizes he's got a flat tire, and then later on down the line, well, that's going to come bite him, isn't it? You know, that was one of the more audacious ones as well, and it's great fun. And like a lot of people have, you know, called out similarities or at least you know the same sort of vibe as Spielberg's Duel, and yeah, yeah you can definitely see it, uh, and that's it's a really funny one actually. Uh, yeah, it loved actually, it, yeah, especially yeah. and, and it, like the, the pacing of it. Actually. I, the ending's brilliant. Yeah, oh god, I mean that punchline. I, I mean, I'd love to have seen that with an audience. I think you'd be roaring with laughter. Yeah, so I guess the thing I would say about this film is that, uh, yeah, it might might be one you might have missed um, when it originally came out. But uh, if you love anthology films and you want to see something that's very funny, very kind of light, um, has kind of great great writing as well. It's great for, I think for a student, I think it's a great film to see for just writing in terms of like how fast you can tell a story and hit all the beats. Yeah, I would definitely recommend Wild Tales 21. Thank you very much for listening. You can contact the show by emailing to extrareal at gmail.com. Search for the Extra Real Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to the show on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcast from.